everyone. Welcome to Common Ground. Uh, this is Mary Strau. We have a very special episode with a very special guest. We're also following through on our promise to have a booze podcast. <laughs> Although only but we're the only us. ones drinking. Yeah, we're the only, Randy and I are the only ones drinking. But I'm on cold pills. Oh, okay. oh so that, we don't want to. I'm trying to <laughs> we, do my part. We want. We try to limit our liability here <laughs> on the Common Ground podcast. So Randy and I are joined today at the lovely. What's this place called? The Hop, Hop Vine. The Hop Vine, in the heart of Liberal Town, USA, Seattle, my hometown. Uh, I joke because I love. With David Postman, who is the chief of staff to Governor Jay Inslee. He's drinking a, a Coke, by the way. And by the way, for our listeners, Randy and I are only having one beer. So okay, far. Okay, so we're being, so far, we're being, we might have to Uber at home. <laughs> all the way to Kirkland and all, Olympia. All the way to Olympia. That would be expensive. Um, all right, so David, welcome. Yes, thank do you, you. Now, do you prefer David or Dave? Or Mr. Chief of Staff? Well, as you, you know, most people just call me by my last name, but... DP. DP or Postman. postman. A lot of Postman. We'll I get just, a lot of Postman. We'll just say My postman. wife calls me Postman. Nice. Uh, but yeah, David is, yeah. But I we'll don't say really postman. care. That's fine. Whatever, we'll whatever, make you, whatever rolls off. We want to make you, you comfortable because we want you to lower um, your guard so <laughs> after a few minutes in, we can just. Oh, like, I'm ready. Beat the crap out of you. I know. This just, you're get, getting me back. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. So, uh,. Why don't let's start from the beginning? Now, well, we'll start with I've known you for quite a while because yeah. we used to have like reverse roles. Yep. I always work. I was always the flag, working yes. for either candidates or electives. When and did you? you were, st- where was the first? I'm trying to remember where you first popped up. Well, I worked for Slade Gordon in D.C., but we didn't interact then. The no, first was, was in the late '90s when I worked for the legislature, yep. House Republicans, and of course Dave. Postman DP was at the Seattle Times. At the then. Seattle yeah. Times, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we went through the whole Rossi campaign. Yes. Blah blah blah. And I could never get any journalists interested in anything human services, welfare related <laughs> at all. It's it right. didn't. If it so, bleeds, it leads. That's right. You needed well, to get some bleeding hearts, notwithstanding. That's true. That's <laughs> you needed true. to have like Paris Hilton, whatever that at the time. The, whatever the nineties version of the Kardashians was. Okay, so you're currently chief of staff, yes. but you were, many people know you as a reporter. Yes. A very good one. Thank but you. let's go back to the very beginning and the, the genesis of how it all started. <laughs> so you were born where? In Philadelphia? That's uh, outside Philadelphia in mm-hmm. a town called uh, Bristol. Bristol. Bristol, PA. Yeah. Of course, Rand, you're from Philadelphia. I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. We got two Phillies. I, I don't know anything about it. Uh, except big Greek, big Greek neighborhood really? in Bristol. Well, okay, <laughs> nice. I'm not Greek, but uh, okay. my mother told me there was a song at the time called the Bristol, Bristol Stomp. Stomp. Okay, see, oh, I've heard okay, of that. Very good. So yeah, and then we, uh, my father got a job in California, and we all moved there in 1960 when I was two. So I, I grew up in California. Mm. In the so you're the same age as Madonna. You were born in 1958. That's right. And Sharon Stone. Oh, Sharon Stone, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was born in 58. Yeah, Our right. listeners can fact Madonna, check me on that. Madonna, I can, I follow, not Sharon Stone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Your peer group. <laughs> Madonna, Madonna and Sharon Stone. Yeah, you'll find as I tell this that there's a lot of parallels. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area uh, in the 1970s. Pre... Pre-Silicon Valley, uh, although that's what uh, my dad did. He was an engineer. He was a computer uh, pioneer kind of guy. Oh, wow. Um, And um, so, uh, but we were just a little ahead of the the curve there in terms Mm -hmm. of uh, the gold rush. Um, But your parents uh, did buy property there. Oh, yeah. They had a beautiful house. Uh, Well, I thought it was a beautiful house. They had a... They lived in Los. Well, we've lived in Sunnyvale and Los Altos, and Los Altos is now one of. It's crazy, but oh, uh, I can imagine. Uh, we had a uh, kind of ramshackly hundred-year-old farmhouse with nice. a barn and a How water fun. tower and a shed in the middle of town, like the last tract of farmland. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was. That it was a, great. a nice little place to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then what'd you do? Where'd you go to college? I didn't really. I um, I had a hard nice. time in high school. Nice. Um, it was not an easy fit for me. And when I got out, I went to the local junior college nice. briefly. Uh, did well in um, occult literature and archery. Those were my two good occult. classes. Occult? occult literature. Again, this was 1976. So uh, what first, is occult literature? It's like um, the autobi- autobiography of a yogi was the one book I remember. <gasps> oh, then so there was not some like Devil Carlos Castaneda. I was no, about to get my all, holy water. It was, was all, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll come later. Yeah, it was all sort of you know um, alternative. Yeah, right. Exactly what we would call today sort of yeah alternative. Right. It was. You know, again, it was the 1970s in the yeah. Bay Area. Yeah, so what are you going to expect? It was pretty, pretty exactly what you would imagine it mm-hmm. all to be. Mm-hmm. And so, anyhow, yeah, but I did not stay there long, and I left uh, and moved to uh, Eugene uh, to work in a restaurant. Oh, interesting. I worked in restaurants as a kid, and then uh, the guy who uh, managed the restaurant opened one in Eugene and asked if I wanted to come up. And nice. So I thought that was going to be my career. Working um, in restaurants. Yeah, I loved it. I was oh, a cook. Yeah. Oh, you were a cook. Uh, and, and Do you really, still cook today? No. No. Um, oh, you said that with such conviction. Well, I'm just no. not good. I'm not very good. Uh, you know, different in a restaurant. And my wife's an amazing cook. So there you go. I uh, try not to. but um, And that's where we met, at the restaurant in Eugene. Oh, interesting. Um, and so, um, and I started in public radio there as a volunteer. Oh, you, now, what I made you in. want to volunteer? Well, actually, I wanted to be a DJ. Okay. I wanted to, to. I've always loved music, mm-hmm. and I was working one day in the kitchen, and they were saying we're looking for volunteers to be uh, on-air DJs. And wow. so I went up there, and they said, "Well, we don't have any music slots, but we have a news slot. Would you be interested in that?" And I oh, went, fake sure." If I and could. a career was born. Yeah, exactly. There I you said, go. "Boy, if I can get on the radio, I'll do it." And I loved it. I loved it, and it just came you just easy took to it me. Like, right I away. really did. It was great. It was so nice. much fun. Um, and uh, you know, because I was working at night, I, I, my days were free, so I was mm-hmm. able to work full time for free. But during right. the day uh, in public radio, and learn and learn from some amazing guys. Isn't that nice? Uh, yeah, it was great. It was really. And were you on air? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. At That's first, cool. I was doing uh, news uh, pieces, but then I hosted the uh, noon daily show. Wow. Called the Blue Plate Special. The Blue Plate Special. With my friend Tom Goldman, who still works for NPR. He's the oh, sports yeah. reporter. Oh, Tom NPR. Goldman. Yeah. yeah I listen to him every week on NPR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's great. So, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, it was amazing. It was a great. And so you were there great. for how long? Only a couple of years. We yeah. were in Eugene. And then um, Eugene in the, the 80s was... Um, 
economically distressed. Mm -hmm. The timber industry had crashed oh, yeah. a couple of times, and mm -hmm. there really wasn't much else there. And uh, my wife was an artist, and a graphic artist. Okay. And when we had these pursuits outside the restaurant, neither of us could really find work in Eugene at the same right. time. And so we said, well, let's start looking. And um, she said, well, I'd live in Oregon, Washington, or Alaska. Mm -hmm. And I, so I found a job in Alaska and went up there to work for Alaska Public Radio Network. Nice. Um, and um, uh, which was, then I think it was 13 stations around uh, uh, Bush Villages in the cities right. of so Alaska. So you traveled all over. I didn't do that much. We had local stations in all those places. Oh, and I, I was the host and producer in Anchorage. Um, in a setup that looked a lot like this. A little, there you a little go. less beer, but um, mm -hmm. we were at a tiny less little beer. studio in a strip mall. Um, and um, when I was there, they first got it up on the satellite. Before that, it was transmitted around the state on phone lines. And wow! Yeah, so it was pretty fun. It was, that it was fun. kind of wild west up there. And right. we moved up there in '82. The pipeline had just been finished, mm -hmm. um, and the money was pouring in. Okay. And um, it was really to be a political reporter up there. It's just like amazing. Very interesting. Just, yeah. And, you know, this, it only became a state in 1958. That's right. Like Madonna and I. Exactly. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Um, 1958. So it's it was great. And together. so when I, I was a reporter there only for a little while, and I had met every governor of the state had ever had, because they were all right. still alive. Mm -hmm. And if we were writing about some constitutional issue, we could call people who were at the constitutional convention, <laughs> you know, which you can't do here. So exactly. it was it was new and crazy. I loved it up there. That's great. So you just you just got on the job training. Yeah. Uh, so how long were you there? Well, we ended up staying in Alaska for almost ten years. Wow. Um, I did radio for just a short while, and then I moved over to newspapers. To newspapers. Um, first went to the Anchorage Times, which was the bad afternoon paper at the time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to the Daily News, which was the good morning paper. Mm -hmm. You had to work your way we up. We had actual competition there. It was, you know, a yeah, real back in the day when there were So for the certain, when there were papers. For yeah. certain yeah. age of listeners and younger, there actually used not only to be newspapers, but More multiple newspapers per se. Right. And, and the Anchorage Times came out in the afternoon, so the trucks right. would roll out at 2 in the afternoon, and so you came home from work, and the paper would be sitting there. And, um, and it was great. You know, we'd go to work early in the morning and be done around noon or one and go hang out and nice. start again. And, um, but it was a bad paper, and um, I was eager to get to the other one and was able to do that after about a year and a half, and it was great. And then what, at what point did you make the move to Seattle? Was that well, right after Alaska, or did you go somewhere else? Well, we were in Alaska for about eight, nine years, eight years, I guess, and I... Um, took a year off and we went to the University of Michigan for a fellowship. Nice. After that moved back to Alaska and by then we, particularly my wife, had had enough of Alaska. By then we had two kids and it was like, mm. we don't want to go through another winter and yeah. it was hard. It was, you know, I mean, not like I was a pioneer man, but, <laughs> yes. but even just living in Anchorage, I mean, it's not, it's not easy living necessarily. It's it was very expensive. That's uh, right. And Food's newspapers didn't make, Especially back then, everything was, you know? Yeah. Um, anything that had to be shipped up um, or trucked up. Um, so, yeah, it was just... And then we lasted about six months after we came back. And mm -hmm. I moved down here, first for the News Tribune. And, um, oh, that's right. You were with the News, yeah, the that was another news Tribune first. Yeah, that was another entree for me. I had wanted to go to the Seattle Times. 
They didn't want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Went to the News Tribune, worked for a year and a half. And did you do politics there? Yeah. yeah and what in, year was that? Uh, 93. Okay. December so was 92. there overlap with Joe Turner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe came in. He was the my second partner in the News Tribune bureau. Okay. Yeah. Good he old was, Joe. He was great. He was. He was I miss him. He really was. So how, when did he, he died? About it's a few years ago. A couple ago. years ago, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm toasting to Joe. Yeah, yeah. we'll toast. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Randy. We're toasting yeah. to Joe toast Turner. Toast to Joe Turner. Yeah, he was a great guy. He, really, he was, um, you know, not all the easiest guy to work in a small office with. We, we <laughs> had our moments, but the thing with Joe was once you had a big, you know, yes. fight with him, then all was good. All and, was good, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you, now, when you arrived, when was the big PD, when was the big ethics it blow was, up? It was kind of on when I got there, but it had just started before me. And so, okay, for our um, listeners, that was when, like, there were people in the legislature, it was, talk about Wild West, so people yeah. were doing, staffers were doing campaign work on state time, and, and they were allegedly like, being forced to do it. Yes, be, not yes even being against, forced so not to do it. not only on state time, The but, expectation was, okay, and once you get off work at four or five, you're going to go get on a, uh, you know, a van, and you're going to go... This is before my time, I think. You're going to go it knock on doors deal. or do whatever. And it was just a massive... Yeah. So, hey, you know, fabulous for a reporter, I imagine. Yeah, and there were a couple of reporters, you know, I'm sure you remember Bob Partlow at the Olympic. Oh, yeah. He really got his teeth into I'm that. Sure. And he was on it every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, kind of he owned that story in a way that, um, I don't know, in a way it was unfortunate. I think some of us stayed away from it a little bit because Bob was so into it and so intense about it, you know. And right. There's a dynamic sometimes where other reporters go, yeah. it can't be all that right you know right um, but then the fallout started happening and the PDC had fines and there were you know people who had been um, uh, either let go or quit under pressure who then filed suit mm-hmm. against yeah. the legislature and those things were being settled mm-hmm. and so it just wow. kept churning that was a big you know deal. For, for a couple of years I think you know and that's when the legislature passed the ethics act they didn't really have that prior mm-hmm. to, to that yeah, and they it was, had a it was ton, different. I mean, I've heard stories like there were a ton of staffers who were just there, kind of just twiddling their thumbs because it was a place to park campaign, campaign staffers. People. Yeah. I mean, they had a ton. You wouldn't believe all the staff they had, so that all got sort of taken away too. That's so. You, were, did you always like to write? Not before I became a reporter. I. No, I mean I was just literally like the worst student you can imagine. I did not in in. Uh, but there are bad students who still like have amazing brains who just aren't. Did typical. you just you didn't like the did you just not like the structure of school? I don't know exactly. You just um, didn't like. It. I mean I liked. Uh, you were just music. a problem child. I played saxophone and so. Okay, as so I you're got, more artistic. Later in high school, I was able to take like four periods of band a day, nice. and that sort of <laughs> saved me. That was the place where I I liked. Um, other than that, I just yeah, I just didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. Um, uh, you know, Madonna didn't graduate from college either. <laughs> really? So there you go. So you're kind down. of a okay. nonconformist, which is kind of odd because you work for you, you work the for establishment. This, the establishment. You work for establishment press. I know. And now no, you true. you're the man. It's true. Look at you. Yeah, and you are betu- the man. And in between, I work for a billionaire. Yes, that's and, right. right. He was with Vulcan. You know, I. I Went out. I go to Evergreen every once in a while to speak to classes, mm-hmm. and 
they all but hiss me at each stage of my career, you know, because going out there uh, and saying you're from the Seattle Times is like saying I am the man, and then I. I work for Paul Allen, and they don't get that. And mm-hmm. now I work for the governor, and you know, so I, yeah, I feel like it's the hat trick of sellout uh, out at Evergreen. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, everybody's a sellout at Evergreen well, unless you're like brewing, brewing your own kombucha. And although what's funny is they produce all these great students who get masters and then come to work for the That's state. Right. That's mean, right. You know, That's right. That's right. My place. husband's an Evergreen graduate. He got more conservative. He was more of a moderate Republican. Oh, really? Interesting. And being an Evergreen made him more conservative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so can, he's a rebel also. Because what he's year a rebel. did he graduate ever? He In the late 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually love Evergreen. I, yeah. I mean, I really... It's I was out there a few... kind of amazing was, to me. Yeah, I have a friend who teaches there, and we were. I was looking at... Uh, the kids had prepared some campaign commercials. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Including one group... They did a great job. They did a pro-Trump one. I was really? very impressed. Wow. Then they were very. They were like, we don't support Trump, by the way. But it was <laughs> Just really so good. Just so you know, <laughs> it was really good. So That's now good. I have a question about fake news because yes. you're a news guy, and you, I was a journalism major. And That's um, right. I always forget. That. And we had, you know, like check your facts and then check again, and you don't go with one source. And so how? How did you learn? Did you learn that on the job? Like you don't ever yeah. just trust somebody. Somebody you have to confirm and verify and all of that. And yeah. what's your take on the, all the fake news? And how do we? Who do we trust now? Well, to answer your question, you do. You know, it's weird, but you do have to learn that, right? I mean, it's it's a, a trade like any other, and you can't just. Um, walk in and start typing uh, and do it. You know, there, there are tools and methods and procedures you use and there's processes and editors and when it works well, that's a great system. You know, and when you're a young reporter and you come back and you go, here's what I heard, and they go, well, I don't care what you heard. Tell me, you know, go find a source, mm-hmm. you know, with a name attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it... And it it's always easier to not do that, but you know, I, and I was lucky to work at a couple of really great newspapers with very high standards. Um, and you know, it, it, when I started at the Anchorage Daily News, my second paper, the Anchorage Times didn't give a damn. Like you know, Sources I couldn't say. even spell when I got there, and literally, because <laughs> I, had, you know, I was in radio. You don't have to spell don't in radio, have to so spell in radio. I had to learn grammar and spelling and all. Mm-hmm. That. The Anchorage Daily News, though, all of a sudden, they had standards, and and I started there by um, coming up with a, a, a routine for reporting, which was make a list of the people in, I covered City Hall at first, make a list of the people you're going to talk to every single day at City Hall, who are you going to talk to once a week, who's worth checking in once oh, a month, you know, and do it. You know, and force yourself to do that. And that's, it kind of grounds you in the fact that you don't know everything. Now, at the same time, the Daily News and the Seattle Times later also believed in letting writers write with authority. I didn't need to find somebody to say, it's unlikely that, you know, this would happen if I know it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Right? You can just say, you know, I've been say. here 10 years. You can just, so there's a difference there, right? You don't. And, and I don't think a lot of, I think that's getting lost now, that, that, that what we used to think of as writing with authority has become, you can write anything you want, mm. you know, now that's not fake news, that's just less than stellar journalism, right? Right. I mean, there's a big difference. 
fake news is, I mean, I guess it's always been there in some way, but it never got any traction. It never With had social any social media impact. makes it. And I think social media is a huge part of it. It would not exist like that, right? Um, and it's, it, it, I was once uh, at a previous job, uh, was having a dispute with somebody and we were being mediated or counseled oh, wow. and somebody said to me and then you settled it by going back outside <laughs> and we went out the, yeah. yes and i and i was told that i i um get obsessed with facts and it bothered me at the time i thought mm. well that sounds like a good thing right. you know how could but it's not really because things are not always black and white no that's true. you know and it does matter what people right. believe and feel you have to take and that into account exactly and even if your facts are right you can't say well that's a stupid idea you know mm -hmm. that's not how you deal with college so I that might not be a fact i learned also. from that but i think about that now because this part of the whole trump phenomena agitates me the fake news part you know the fact that things that we all see with our eyes, people can, there's two parts of it. One, the fake news that's just created out of whole cloth in order to do political damage. Right. And then, Trump in particular's ability to say things didn't happen that we all know happened. Happened. Mm -hmm. And he gets away with it. Mm -hmm. And it gets away with it in the sense that he's, he's gonna be our president, right? Right. And right. in the old days, if you did the old days, meaning 1988, mm -hmm. you know, if you borrow some of Neil Kinnock's speech and you're Joe Biden, you You're have to never drop going out to be president. And, never be president. and it's you know it's the scarlet letter and mm -hmm. it's the you know stone around your neck. And now, like, anything and, and goes. That does I mean? There's days where it just agitate. And then I remember this person. Don't get obsessed with that. So maybe I need to get move into the post-fact world. Yeah, post-truth society. God, that just eat, eats at me. And and I don't think that's what uh, ails journalism because that's not journalism. Right. Mm -hmm. It's society. It is, it's politics. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's probably also the delivery system of social media. Because, you know, I've been listening to this, uh, the whole um, fake news uh, commentary. And, of course, you know, th there have always been rags. Yes, right. That just Tabloids and complete baloney. The National Enquirer. Well, and even like, you but know, the you National Enquirer has always had nuggets of truth. That's right. Well, but so you sometimes think they break stories. Yeah. You think back to like back, uh, you know, in the early days of uh, the country and the yeah. stuff they'd write. Oh, you know, yeah. People would just buy a newspaper and print absolute garbage. Well, William Randolph Hearst started wars. Exactly. By ginning stuff up. Right. Um, so it has always existed in some in form. Some way, it's a yes, little right. different now because with the social media, you can really wall yourself. But that pizza off. story, you know, that was yeah, made up out of the okay. When you start to read about that, and and it results in a guy walking into a place full of with people a with a gun, where like, they sometimes have children's birthday that parties. That's scary to me. It like, is. Yes. Think about that. Well, and know? it is the polarization made up out of whole cloth. No truth to any of it. Right. But yet found enough people and not just a sad guy with a gun uh no there are i'm sure there are people who are you know some people who are normal you know quote unquote normal who would be like well maybe it's true trump people did the, retweeted the it General endorsed it. Son. yep mm -hmm. and the, and he thought he was going to save children right and he thought that he was saving the day right. it was i mean he's crazy but I think I can say that without a degree in psychology. I think it's a little nuts. 
but he really was acting from a place of, you know, like, I have to save those children, right. you know, and it, right. maybe he thought he was going to meet up with a whole, a whole bunch of other heroes. Yep. <laughs> We're I remember sitting, right. when it was probably in 2003, uh, I was with an, a friend who happened to be a Republican in the very good Italian restaurant in Wallingford, and he, this guy, the owner, happened to be a... Um, a pickup point for no stop the Iraq war signs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. We're in the middle of Seattle. I don't. <laughs> not that I would expect any. Then he comes up to our table and starts talking about how George Bush um, caught was behind 9/11. Oh. Like he did it. Killed. Made the planes go into the thing. And we're like. What are you talking? And now the staff eventually pulled him away, and we got we got a free of dessert. Although we we tipped <laughs> well, the waitress, so it worked out okay. We, yeah, we tipped, we we paid for it by okay. So uh, you know, and he was like totally dead serious. I'm yeah. like, well, look, there's always been um, crazy people to use your turmeric. There's always been people who want to use propaganda. But it's never been as prevalent as today. It's never been as successful as it is today. And people won't believe. Like, if you show them... Right, you can have charts Or they grabs. just don't no, care. No, no. They, they just don't go, care. oh, well, does it, well, you know, Mike Pence... I don't want to keep picking on Trump and Pence, but... Yeah, come oh, on, come on. You know, Leave let's poor do Trump it. alone. When, they, when, <laughs> when let Pence was asked about the claim of massive voter fraud, and I think it was Stephanopoulos said to him, right. you know that's not true. And Pence said, the president-elect is entitled to his opinion. Right, mm. truth is an opinion now. Right, right. Here's what That's I think. not true. It yeah. can't be. Here's what I think about uh, what I think about the whole Trump thing. You kind and I know people keep saying you can't normalize. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to normalize some of it because if you, meaning Democrats, I think you know, I think people like Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, kind of get this. If you jump on every like the Hamilton thing and right. the. That thing, you're gonna be like the boy who cried. This is a little advice. Here. You're gonna be like the boy who cried wolf. You've got to save. You just have to accept. Oh, yeah. You, look, if you want to. And I'm not saying don't be frustrated because it is kind of no, crazy. But if you but, react to everything, right? Forget you're not it, you're gonna done. sleep. You're gonna be up all night because Trump's up all night, and you're gonna <laughs> be reacting to all sorts of. And I agree with that. But I think you can resist that and still not normalize the, the true right. awfulness that could, yeah. could arise and will arise and yeah, seems to be coming. You know? yeah. And that's going to be the trick, I think, for Democrats is where is that line? Now, let us, okay, so let's let's uh, segue into that. And for uh, just for our listeners, so you went to Seattle Times, then uh, things started to get bad for the newspaper, so you went to work for Vulcan. Well, yeah, but I can say, they were not then bad went, when I left. I mean, you know, no, it, was, it was the fall of It was age. surprising. When you left to go to Vulcan, we were like, what? Postman's <laughs> leaving? That was terrible. That's what I said. Yeah, it shocked me. And, um, you know, I was in a good place at the Times. I, at that point, had been there 14 years. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't in danger of being laid off that I know of. Um, <laughs> And I had never thought about leaving. I right. loved being a journalist. I loved working for the Times. Um, I fought with my editors, but I fought with a lot of people back then, exactly. as you may remember. Mm -hmm. I just had that tendency. Um, and I loved it. And But other people who I knew were looking, because things were tightening up in the exactly. economy. And, I, and literally on a lark, I said to somebody, where are you here about all these jobs? They said, Craigslist. So I said, really? I look on Craigslist to buy cool stuff, but I never look exactly. for jobs. So I bring it up, and there's this job for Vulcan that day. Nice. And I went, I've always been fascinated with Paul Allen. 
Mm-hmm. I'll try it. I just turned 50. A friend of mine or a guy I know said to me once, uh, right before that actually, trying to hire reporters away from newspapers, he said the problem is reporters think that's who they are, not what they do. Mm. And that was me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. saw this fascinating job and I thought, I don't actually have to be a reporter. You know, right. It's not actually a, a gang where you have to get beat out or, you know, the mafia. <laughs> you know, you can just That would leave. be cool, though, for I know, I know. Well, it feels like that a little bit because everybody says, oh, you're going to the dark side and you're selling mm-hmm. out. And um, and so, yeah, it was, it was it, like, the day before, I never would have thought I would leave. And then the next day I did and it was fine. And, you know. and so what was your, what did you do there? Communications. Communications. Yeah. And, and so what was that like going from outside, journalism yeah. to? It was really interesting. I mean, you know, uh, I'm glad I didn't go from journalism right into government. I think that would have been harder uh, just because of all the constraints we have in, in, in government stuff. There's a certain amount of... Um, which call it, but it's just a little more relaxed to go into a perfectly privately held family-owned business mm-hmm. that isn't seeking a bunch of publicity. You yes. know, Paul Allen is not a guy who needs to be on the, in yeah, the paper all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't in the same kind of you know mode that I was when I went to work for the governor initially. Um, and I just think Paul's an amazing guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he is one of the most generous philanthropists in the country. Uh, he loves Seattle. Uh, he pays particular. for a lot of library books. And when I used to live in Seattle, you'd open up a library book and you're like, this was paid for by the... Yep, his father Allen was uh, the head of the library at UW. Oh. Um, and uh, his mom was a huge, huge book person too. And um, She was Croatian. Uh, or is? I don't know. Is or was? I know um, because I, I have a lot of Croatian Catholic friends oh. and they those those oh. ladies they hang, know everyone they oh, hang tight oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I mean it was it was just fun to work for him too I mean you know he's involved in everything professional sports and mm-hmm. music and oh yeah uh, water quality brain science and and, and <laughs> the environment for sure and um, it was an amazing four years he, I think he's a great guy mm-hmm. and, and um, he gave me a lot of opportunities and. Um, was he a Jay Inslee supporter? Um, well, I don't think so. I mean, there are people at Vulcan, I think, who supported the governor in his re-election. But I was there, I was at Vulcan during the governor's first election in 2012. Mm. Um, and I don't, you know, he came to see us once. Um, but, yeah, it was not, Paul is not a political person. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really interesting early on, uh, someone from the Times called me a city hall reporter and was working on something related to South Lake Union and wanted to know if, you know, when was the last time Paul had spoken to the mayor? I said, never. I mean, you know, like people don't have, they don't understand how this, this works. There is life outside of politics. So, yeah, he's not a political person. A lot of those guys aren't. It's not, you know, their world. So... He was fairly apolitical, and I would bet still is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I you know it was. I got to travel. I got to see things I never oh, yeah. would have been able to see and learn things and help start a spaceship company. Nice. And, yeah, no, I mean it is amazing. So that's you know, cool. It was great. But then uh, the state government called and yeah. Well, you know, so um, I actually left. So I was uh, uh, living in Olympia, and when I worked for Paul, I had an apartment up here. And I would come up during the week, yeah. And it was sort of, 
the idea was sort of this romantic pied de terre. Oh, we'll have a place in Seattle, mm-hmm. and my wife would come up some weekends. Oh, yeah. But and then the traffic. It just doesn't and- happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and traffic, and so I would come up on Monday morning, come back on Friday. And um, somebody once said to my wife, you know, oh, that's the perfect way to spend the second 25 years here, marriage, you know. <laughs> but it got old, you know. Oh, yeah. and, and so I left and I um, went back to Olympia and was a consultant for a while. I stayed on contract uh, with Paul and Vulcan and did some stuff from home. Okay. Um, and then um, uh, the Inslow transition uh, team called me. Gotcha. Um, and you became the communications director. Right. Yeah. Now, what was that like? That was really hard for a lot of reasons for me. One, because all of a sudden I was facing off against the old me in a way, you know? know. Um, This is what I did for years, you know? For like 20 years of my career, I covered politics, state politics mostly, and it was, you know, in a lot of ways the same feelings, like, you know, there's this, there's a tension there. and you know, I did not do everything right. Um, uh, I would get really angry with reporters, um, and um, mostly oh, about that's never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, mostly just about sort of sloppy, you know, trade craft, mm-hmm. um, uh, and they didn't want to hear from me. You know, right. they, yeah. And even some guys who, when I worked at Vulcan, would call me and ask for advice or things of that sort. All of a sudden, you go to work for government, and you have sold your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like I sold my soul, and so right away, there's this, there's a, oh, a, yeah. a conflict there between mm-hmm. the press and and the press office. Um, and uh, you know, one guy, a guy from the Times Ed Board, said to me on like the first day of uh, the governor's term, "Well, how's it feel to you know be on the dark side?" Uh-huh. And I said, "Wow, you just went to work for the Seattle Times editorial board. Who's on the dark side? You know, I mean, <laughs> get, you know, from an old reporter's view, I'd rather be where yeah, I am." Yeah, that's true. Um, and so you know, there was a lot of battle, mm-hmm. and and um, uh, I could have. Turn that down a couple notches earlier than I did, and it would have served the governor better, and would have served me better. You know, I lost some friends. Uh, really? Through it. Yeah. Wow. I think some really? of that is almost kind of natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard, you know. Uh, uh, again, people who I was very close to prior to taking that job, in part because oh, I'm now on the wrong side. I must mm. be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which you are. Because I was acting different. I'm just I mean, it, it's a different role, right? You know, oh, you do. Yeah, you you know, that's your job. It's the same to, in the lobbying world, but no one takes it. People don't take it as personally when yes. you have a client. You just are serving a client. Unless they make it personal. But not even in the legislature, for the most part. Democrats and Republicans aren't like that. You know, it's someone told me this years ago, but, you know, it's the old cartoon of the, the sheep right. dog and, the, you know, and they clock. Yeah. And then they clock out and they go and they do karaoke mm-hmm. together. Right. You know, reporting is not like that. Mm-hmm. Journalism isn't like that. Like the saying, you know, it's in your blood, it's a calling, you mm-hmm. feel it strongly. Um, they feel um, under attack all the time. They think right. we're hiding things from them. Right. They think we're lying to them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that they used to trust me with their ultimate secrets and sources and other things. But now I'm here, and they don't trust me. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me. Like it's like, hey, I'm still oh, me. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. And I had that discussion with some of my Republican legislative friends. You know, it's like you used to tell me that you thought I was a good reporter. 
and I never burned you, mm-hmm. but now because I'm working for this guy, um, you know, without morals and ethics, and you know, interesting. And I didn't. I just. I don't think that's necessary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did learn. A, I, you know, I learned. I did that for three years. I learned. I, I think I got better during that. I had a great team with me. Jamie Smith, who's now the director, now uh, the director. was my deputy, and um, you know, she's very tough herself, but she could be a calming force and. One day, I, I was writing a nasty email to somebody, and she was sort of reading it over my shoulder. And she literally reached over and deleted the email <laughs> nice. while I was writing it. And she said, yeah, you're not sending that. And I appreciated yeah. that, because you, you need to get it out. I need to get it out, but I don't need to send it. Exactly. Right. right. Um, I've done that before. I've written I do, things, and then I used just to do to a lot it of it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that sort of communications thing, because it was just a more constructive way than to call somebody and say, I'm going to, you know. I never said I would ruin anybody's career, like right, Richard well, Sherman know. said the other day. But oh, yeah. did he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, great. Jim West actually um, threatened my career. Really? Yes. I was just, I was doing, I was Googling you. He just to, You know, and, and I saw, saw a Frontline interview with you on about Jim West. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So Jim West, um, uh, over a, when I worked for a certain large labor union um, did something that Jim West didn't like and he called me into his office because we had a relationship and then he said that he would um, ruin my career, he'd make sure that I, that if he had any control that nothing I wanted passed would pass and you know, even if I lobbied for the Boy Scouts of America he would still Oh. Take me down. <laughs> Whoa, that was Well, sad. then he also told Tom McCabe, yes. you're going to be a dead man. Right, that's um, right. This was after McCabe. Yeah, so oh, had, really? Even after yeah, that? Yeah, so it was so after McCabe. Well, he didn't leave a voicemail. He well, had me in his true. office. There were, no witnesses. Yeah. there were no witnesses um, in there. Because I asked if, I, if they wanted me to bring my boss with me. Oh, and they yeah. said, no, just you. Yeah. So nice. he, he did learn from the McCabe incident. I guess. But I never um, threatened anybody. Of course, I, I never had any juice. No, and there you can't. Well, Richard, I, mean, I was yell, not allowed to I would take yell, away I would press yell credentials. At reporters. Yes, you would. Did you ever yell at Postman? Yes. Did I ever yell at you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, it was more in gen- I, like There were other reporters who I genuinely yeah. yelled at. Yeah. Like, furious. Yeah. Slammed the down no, I always was home. able to work with you, which is why I think we remain able to, you know, mm-hmm. and there are people you can do that with and those you can't, right? I mean, exactly. um, and, and I always, look, there's reporters who still today, like, they don't want to do the hard story on somebody, oh, well, then I won't get stories from them. And I always try to tell, no, 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 don't work that way. Do the hard story on them, but do it right. Mm-hmm. And then someday, they're going to be angry at you, and they're going to think you're unfair. But then later they're going to realize and they're going to see that you're covering people with a, 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 a rigorous mm-hmm. standard. With integrity. Then they're going to call mm-hmm. you the next time they got something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and now I see the flip side of that. I hear from communications people who also call them and say, hey, that story's wrong. I want you to call the reporter and get a correction. Well, but if I do that, then they're going to be angry at me and then they're going to, you know, slam us. And it's like, no, you know, treat them with respect and show the integrity in the process but stand up Mm -hmm. you know and everybody's afraid of each other interesting so anyhow so now you're chief of staff yes how long have you been chief of staff just almost exactly just almost exactly uh, (laughs) about a year (laughs) oh wow it's been that long yeah so what does the chief of staff do um 
Well, one of my predecessors calls it chief of stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it is, it's a catch-all. So there's, um, I guess, sort of two main things. One is you manage the, the governor's office staff, which mm-hmm. is about, I don't know, 65 people. That's the policy office, um, the legislative people. We have outreach and advance and event people and communications team mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and then you're the main uh, point of contact for the cabinet as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you got to keep all them in line, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're good, but yes. So it's it's sort of two very different kinds of management. There, you know, the more frankly intimate of your your core staff, mm-hmm. and then these people that are are you know very independent and experts in their field, and it's much more experienced in state government than I am for the most part. Um, but you just try to keep. But you're still kind of in charge, too. What? You're still kind of in charge of them. And that Mm -hmm. was an eye-opener for me. Early on, when I was still in communications, I was talking to somebody in a state agency about a pending event, and they said, well, I don't know if our view really aligns with the governors on this. And I thought, well, certainly by definition, shouldn't it, you know? Uh, (laughs) But but I I know what they're saying. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't necessarily have uh, the same... um, you know, sort of timeline for something, or uh, they may not want, they may not think they're ready to go public, you know, oh, we're still working on that, or whatever it is, you Hand know. Ringing. And then we call and say, it's hey, ready, Get it's ready, ready. let's yeah. do this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you do want to hear back from them, you know, you need really candid feedback from the cabinet. They need to be able to say, that'd be a mistake, right. don't do that, you know, they can't be afraid to talk to you, because that's when big things, bad things happen, is yes. when they're afraid. Yes. So those are, and then you know, the, we have an executive team. So you of, don't go. Your motto then, are you telling me, is not let them hate as long as they fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on your wall. Okay, good to no. know. No. Good to know. We'll just clear that up then. <laughs> I think I read that on Facebook somewhere. That that, right. that, that was your motto. That might have been fake news. It, I think it was in Breitbart. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. must be true. Uh, yeah. No. And so it's, it's you know, and then where the executive team is the governor's sort of uh, core policy advisors and strategic advisors. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, of what we do takes place with that executive team. Uh, and how have you found that transition? Well... Has it seemed natural? I mean, I guess you had the lead up with the communication. Yeah. I mean, so it was good to be in the office. And, and, you know, we run a very open... Um, office in, in terms of it's not strict hierarchy and people are allowed to speak their mind and, and um, you know, so that is you know among the governor's great traits one of them is he wants to hear the truth from his staff. And everybody says that. Every powerful person always says that and it works for about a week and then they're like, okay, a little less truth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been lucky to work for a couple of people uh, uh, you know, in this job and before this job that really do want that and that mm-hmm. is important to me you know because right. I have a hard time not talking mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so the governor wants debate and he wants to hear that and even if you clash there's he doesn't hold that against people because that's, that's what he good. wants and so we you know so it was it was even as communications director I was able to sort of play in these other fields but the transition was interesting I mean one it was really to step out of that daily media transaction mm-hmm. you know which is trying to figure out, like, what do we want to, you know, to, to feature in the spotlight or 
how do we you know counter this story that we think was in error or oh our opponents are you know in the paper saying this what do you say and I just it really dawned on me that for a long time that was my daily calculation whether mm -hmm. it was a reporter or a communications uh -huh. person mm -hmm. you know and it was just tyrant so I was able yeah. to get away from that and one of the concerns of my colleagues about me taking this job was would I be able to give up the chief, mm. uh, the communication speech, mm. you know, would mm -hmm. I always be walking down the hall right. saying, no, do it this way. And I'm sure that if you ask Jamie, she'd say I still do that, do but that. I've really tried hard not to. Mm -hmm. And I think I've done pretty well at, at pulling myself out of there for the most part. Mm -hmm. So that part of it was good. And then um, I really like trying to solve problems among people or, you know, and, um, you know, people that would know me from the olden days probably wouldn't have think that's a strength of mine because you know I could argue and get upset about things and I take things personally and all this but well um, there are a lot of wasps in the northwest well, too, yes. who don't really understand yes. just because you argue or get upset doesn't mean that's just like a process but you know I have learned Wasps, that that's for not all enough, you people, though, are white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah. Yes. I, I have to explain everything to these people. <laughs> I don't mean insects. And it's None of us at this table are wasps, are we? No. 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 Okay. You know, anyway, go ahead. But, it's, but you can't just say, one of the things I've learned in growing, you can't just say, well, that's just the way I am. So take it. You know, when right. I tell you that's a stupid idea, you know. No, Much you can't do like that. To. You have to mm -hmm. moderate your... East Coast things, or whatever you exactly. want to call it. So I try uh, and and try to get better at that and work on it. Um, and, and then, then you make fun of them behind their back <laughs> yeah, for being exactly. women. Well, what I always yeah. say when people we are interviewing people for jobs or something on the executive team is that it's really extraordinary to me that the the governor's office core team works without drama. We just don't have backstabbing or whispering nice. or, or palace intrigue. And then I always have to qualify it. Unless they're talking about me and I don't know it, <laughs> right. and so, you know. But but it's amazing, you know, to work That's under nice. that pressure and, mm -hmm. and for somebody who pushes us like the God does. But we stay together and, and do it, and it's and it and so, you know, any any success I've had is because they're able to help me do that. Mm. And then it took, you know, anytime you're among peers and then become a, a manager, it's a challenge, mm -hmm. um, and uh, rightfully so. And it took me a little while, one, just to realize, oh, I need I need to do a little different. Like, I have to make decisions now. Oh, right. So if people yeah. come and talk to me, they're not just BS and like, hey, what do you think about this? Yes, they, they, they actually, actually want to know what are we going to do. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple of times people would have to say, no, no, I need a decision. You know, right. Thanks right. for this is your, sharing your thoughts. Exactly right. <laughs> thanks for sharing your feelings, but what are we going to do? And so I, I do that. But I'm going to need like you it. to go ahead and. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we don't do TPS forms. No TPS no. forms. Excellent. No. Um, but I, you know, it, it's fascinating. It's it it's a little something different every day. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able uh, to get more involved in the legislative work as chief than I did as communications right? director, and yeah. I like that. I miss mm -hmm. that. Um, and there's still a fair number of people up there who were there when you know we were all mm -hmm. hanging around there. Mm -hmm. um, although it is amazing. I'm sure you guys have had that experience. Like, yeah. Who is that? Somebody stands up. Who's that kid? Yeah, well, that, Who's too, that page? For sure. Oh, it's a oh, legislator. It's a yeah. legislator. It's like yeah. when you go to start going to the doctor. 
and the doctor's younger than you. Yeah. That started happening to me. At, my like, dentist 15. is the son of my dentist. Nice. Now, oh my you know, gosh. So nice. it's like, yeah. Every time I see Jamie Peterson, and I don't think he's listening, so, you know, but every time I see Jamie Peterson for a second, I always go, why is that page holding a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> and that just speaks to Senator Peterson's youthful countenance exactly. and good yes. luck. Yes. Exactly. Mundo. Well, you know, there's there's second generations around there now. You know, yes. it's really pretty interesting. It mm-hmm. does make you feel like, it makes me feel like I've been there a long time. Yeah, um, like well, second generation lobbyist kids. Yep. Who are there now? Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. Yes, oh, there that's are. true. And legislative staffers. And mm-hmm. in fact, I met a third generation the other day, um, a young woman who ran Chris Reichdahl's campaign. Uh, Chris Reichdahl, by the way, is from the 22nd district in Olympia. Yes. He's, you gotta explain the incoming, sorry. He's the incoming, incoming superintendent, superintendent of public instruction. Yes. Oh, did he win? I, yes. I, I, didn't, wow. I couldn't really? remember. Yes. Yes. He's I was dynamic. so focused on other stuff. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Anyhow, just, I don't know what. The woman who worked for him, her father sorry, worked for the Sorry, superintendent. That wasn't a diss. Like, I literally couldn't. I was so focused on the other races. I I'm remember excited about him. You know, I, I thought that was a great race, frankly. Mm-hmm. It was. Like Dolan Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Two interesting. Yeah, that was like a real race. Qualified and, mm-hmm. and for the most part, clean and. Like, either one who won, you'd be like, okay, that'd be okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. And very different, you know. And, right. and, and I had a chance to meet Aaron Jones only after uh, the election, but before the count was final. And, you know, she said, look, I got a million votes. You know, there's people all over the state that that voted for her. Mm -hmm. And and as an African-American woman, she said, wow, that means something. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen the last of her. So I think she really, it was great. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So, there's, so the whoever ran Chris's yeah, her father works with the clerk. Her grandmother used to work for the House Democrats and the auditor's office. And it's wow. like, and I know them all. And it's like, wow. Well, Olympia kind of is a company town. It is, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, because I was a lobbyist for so many years. I didn't. I didn't realize it. I came here from the East Coast. I didn't know anyone. I got this job, and then I turned it into a career. Right. I didn't realize there were generations who mm-hmm. were doing this, and the swamp. they were born and raised Time in to Olympia. Drain the swamp, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just have to every once in a while inject my. I was this close to buying a Make America Great again. Yeah, trucker hat at Walmart. They're only nine ninety nine at the really? Trump store. They're twenty five bucks. Yeah. I want the. I, I want the. To, oh hi! <laughs> we're being videoed. <laughs> it's not live. I want the Trump um, rooster. Have you There's seen no the rooster? No. The rooster. It has the. It's a Chinese rooster. It has the hair. Oh yes, I've seen that. I really? posted it on Facebook. We'll have to become oh, Facebook wow. friends, and you can see it. I don't do Facebook. Uh, you don't? Really? Why not? What's the matter with you? Uh, you know. You've heard it you, here, folks. Uh, yeah, I'm not a well, not like a friends guy. <laughs> I don't know. You're not really friendly. I, so I mean, part of it is that. look. If, if social you don't media, really strike me as a Facebook guy. No, I'm not. I don't do any social media. I maintain a LinkedIn page. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Twitter. No. I do. I read it all. I love it. I read Twitter all the time. Yeah, um, Twitter's good. Uh, but you know, and, and if those things had been you know a year ahead of themselves when I was a reporter, I would have loved them. Because all you your journalist journalist buddies are oh, on everything. Don't I know? <laughs> don't I know? And and what I say is a lot of what they tweet, or at least some of what they tweet, is what. Uh, Pete Callahan and Joe Turner and I used to talk about in the parking lot between the two press houses. Oh, yeah. You know, in front of three of us, and then we'd go back to our office. Now you tweet it and share it with everybody. Like, mm-hmm. And it's news. 
Well, it's not, you know, it's funny because it's a challenge. They're trying to show their kind of personal side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but They're also, branding themselves. You well, they are brand, branding it's themselves. It's all about branding. But I find it irritating, frankly. Some of them brand themselves as kind of complainers. You know, it's a lot about how hard they work or... Yes. And I don't know, but if it was there, I'm sure I would have... You know, cause I started be, blogging yeah. when blogs Oh, well, that's up. right. I love yeah. that. Well, that you was know? a must-read. And, uh, and it's probably so still on the been attracted website. To but right when... You know, Twitter was getting big. I was working for Paul, and so right. I was helping him. But I didn't want to have my sort of thing. And oh, then yeah. the same with the governor. Next thing too. you know, you're tweeting something, you get yourself canned. And then, yeah, and then you working get yourself for the elected president. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. So you're no, lucky. I don't do any of that. 3 a.m. So, Snapchat's uh, fun. What's that? I haven't, done, I haven't I Snapchatted done that. for a couple of months with about six people. I follow people on Snapchat. It's fun. Celebrities, but I don't I Snapchat. do Instagram. Uh, I like speaking in pictures. Up, but I don't. Anyhow. I follow on Instagram. I've started doing Instagram, but then I stopped. So now I just My follow. wife and my friends tell me what's on Facebook. and There you go. That's good enough. Yeah. That's my social media. I wonder if Madonna does Facebook. She does, but it's all it's all the same as they, uh, they a lot of these celebrities they so the same thing they post on oh, really? Instagram is Facebook. Oh, oh, and it's yeah. all connected because yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do that on and Instagram. And they hire they hire people to do it. Yeah. What? Yeah, they hire people. You should hire someone to brand yourself. To me? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little brand. late for that. Look at those glasses. Oh, uh, yes. That's I a just put my glasses He just on. put his glasses on. Randy and I were just talking about how... Well, you have already have a... Randy was telling me that reading glasses. glasses are now no longer called bifocals. They're called progressive. Progressive, right. Which is baloney. <laughs> First of Mary all, because of some, the progressive No, I don't, I don't mind, like, in terms of, like, the political... I just... Call it what it is, okay? You're getting older and you need it, bifocals. Big deal. Do you We're just not the, like I'm, it because they call it progressive and that's a political thing No, no, for you? no. No, no. It's if giving, they call them conservative lenses? No, no. That's not it. I oh. would hate it if they call okay. them conservative. It's that. Just call it. You like, it's like you're trying to call something else because bifocal people associate. Oh, that means I'm getting old. Well, we are getting old. Okay? We're middle-aged. Big deal. I hope I'm middle-aged because I'm in my 50s. So wow, it, you don't look fifty at all. Thank you. How old are you? You got great I'm skin. I'm fifty-one. <laughs> Holy yes. mackerel! She doesn't look fifty-one. You've heard it here at now. All. If anyone ever wants 51? to hire me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you do, you do. But, but you don't look. Well, how's old Madonna? Uh, let's Mom. see, fifty-eight. How old are you? Fifty-eight. Yeah. You're Madonna 58? and I are fifty-eight. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't look fifty-eight. No, I don't look. I don't know what fifty-eight looks like. But you had. Well, your hair, yeah, you had darker hair. Yes, I did. Back yes, in the day. I certainly did. But you've always been a dapper dresser. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so We're back. starting to, <laughs> to generate now. Yeah, exactly. The beer is starting to. Yeah. Okay, so where were, so you're uh, chief of staff. No, we'll have to cover some. Now, this is when we get you. I'm sure you're going to lay into me. Yeah, so okay. what's the plan for the next session? In a nutshell. Well, that's I'm glad you asked that. Mm-hmm. Um, no talk. If you start talking in talking points, I'm going to kick you in the shins. If you start talking in talking points, oh, no. I'm going to kick you in <laughs> no, literally because I might be no, right here on the table. I will not table. talk in talking points. I'll tell you this though: what we want to do is address McCleary. I'll use the short. Well, we have to. McCleary we, is the we lawsuit. We have to do the fund the basic K-12 education. Funding. And you know, the governor proposed his budget mid-December. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with a large revenue package. Mm -hmm. That means taxes. In some cases. And I will say I, I support the of package. Of course you do. <laughs> And That's Mary's nodding, so she supports it too. Yeah, right. Um, We're 100% behind it. And um, the ads start tomorrow, even it, though we're a 501c. What a, I don't even know. If that were to be implemented, it would fully fund basic education for the first time right. in 30 years. I don't expect to be right. implemented in it's fall. It's a gambit. It's an opening. Gambit. It's it's a it's a opening shot. Yeah, if gambit. gambit. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not going to go right with word. gambit. But it's, no, it's, I probably misused it. It's it's no no. Well, you didn't even graduate from college. I know. So what are you doing? I, yeah, uh, I think it's a value laden word that I will. You're use. right. I shouldn't have used gambit. It's a starting place. I apologize. And it's, it's a starting place. <laughs> Please accept my no apology. <laughs> This is it. Yeah. Um, it's a starting place, and what we wanted right. to do was to be really serious about it and not... Well, this is the last year to do it. Yeah, we're not going to play games. We're not going to do tricks. We're just going to mm -hmm. say, we think the court demands it, that the Constitution demands it, mm -hmm. uh, that the bill that the legislature passed last year says we're going to go ahead and do this. Right. And what I like is that if you read the editorials around the state, including you know conservative parts of the state in eastern Washington, they say, good on Inslee for being real. Mm -hmm. And then they go, we don't like it, and right. it ain't going to happen, or whatever. But now the legislature needs to make good, they would say. And so for me, that's what this is. No mm -hmm. governor's proposed budget has ever been adopted. Fully accepted. Never. It's just not the way it works. So, you know, and people will say that. Oh, it's DOA. Yeah. Fine. Whatever but you want to call it. But we needed to, you know, by law we have to do a balanced budget. Yes. It shows what the governor's uh, values are. Um, and I think that given that reaction that we're seeing around the state, it will help create some discussion that might not have been there before. Now, how does this work? Are you guys going to... Uh, so I think the fear, everyone's a gallows humor saying, okay, we're going to be around for at least nine months. Yeah. Now, uh, in the traditional way, for like the first, I don't know, three or four months, it would be all political theater. Yep. And they'd be like, well, we have to take this stand because we have to satisfy our base on both sides. Yep. And then eventually we'll get, maybe around springtime, we'll get around to actual negotiations. How is this going to work? Well, I mean, you're right that that's sort of what's happened in the past. So the two budget cycles that we've had under Doug uh, Inslee went six months mm -hmm. right to the verge of a government shutdown on July mm -hmm. 1. Um, and if you talk to the old hands, they probably could have told you in, like, January. Exactly. The end result will look something like this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we know with split control of the legislature, the yes. Democrats control the House, House, the Republicans control the Senate. Whatever it is, is going to be a compromise, compromise. on all sides. Uh, we can't, no two of us are going to get anything done. Uh, and in the, over the past four years, we've actually been able to get a lot done. Mm -hmm. We've put a bunch of money into education. Mm -hmm. We've passed a big transportation. So it's possible. Yes. It doesn't have to take six months. And so as the governor's been meeting with legislators, that's one of the questions he asks them is, what can we do different? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get mm -hmm. this going? Mm -hmm. um, but it's hard for the reasons you said and others. I mean... The budget is everybody's ultimate policy statement, mm -hmm. you know, and so there's a lot that goes in that about even if it's not going to pass, I need to do this and I need to, you know, stake my ground and, and, you know, you would like to think that 
we could uh, at least all be on the same playing field, you know. And we're not, but we'll get we'll get there. So I don't know. I think the way to make it happen faster is to have as many conversations as possible among members and the governor with members. It's not, you know, time to roll up your sleeves and do the hard negotiation. I mean, this is a Does process. Does he do individual meetings with legislators? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Where, not- like, comes, oh, you know, I was thinking, of, at least on the presidential level, you know, you invite him over for lunch. Oh, yeah. It's hard. He does, there's not a lot of sort of one-on-one, like, lobbying that I would, you know. I mean, there have been times where there's a very specific vote on something that mm-hmm. he might talk to people on an individual basis. But I think we're going to really try to have as many conversations early on before everything gets hardened, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, to, to, to keep reminding people that we're not trying to dictate anything here, right. uh, that we are open to other ways to do this. Um, and, that seems and, like something you have to do with the Democrats as well as the we're cutting you off. Republicans. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, One beer. right. I mean, and, and none of this is to say that that's a, a partisan right. thing, you know. Uh, both chambers uh, have, you know, thin majorities. That mm-hmm. makes it harder. And just in general, um, you don't negotiate budgets by locking four people in a room and having them hatch the budget in February because they all represent a caucus that want to be part of that. Right. Now, they're not going to be in the room necessarily, but you don't just get to go and... Have and they have to go sell it to right. their members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people have different needs. Or you know what? They're not going to vote for your budget, mm-hmm. and right. then you don't have the votes. So it's a, a process, and, and sometimes there's So a, it's time for you to go Underwood no. from the first Underwood. season yeah. and get all the dirt. Yeah. That's not, right. It's bipartisan. you got to get all the dirt. Any, yeah. House of Cards time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not an inelegant in, in segue because I don't think the there's way. any dirt on Dino Rossi. But has the governor met with Dino Rossi That's yet? That's right. Dino's a I don't, Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, in part because the way the holidays came up and everything. Um, right. I, I By the way, know. Dino Rossi is now temporary senator from the, what is the it, 45th, 45th my yeah. legislative district. Before Andy Hill died yeah. of yeah, cancer. Sad. Terrible. So Dino stepped in, so he's yeah. going to be senator for what I another can't wait year. I can see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to him since. I have to call him because he's my senator now. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. You got to go. Uh, bug him. It'll be fun to have him around. Mm-hmm. I so, think it'll be helpful. Well, actually. I guess we'll see what happens, but it's <laughs> yeah. basically got to get done this year, right? It, oh, I agree. And, and or the Supreme Court. You know, there will be a lot of the debates though about what does getting it done mean? What is the right yes. amount? Uh, what is the right duration of time in order to complete it? There'll be those mm-hmm. that argue for a slower implementation of mm-hmm. this. I don't know that the court would, you know, and then what does the court want to do? Um, I don't think. Well, there, look, what there do are you people. think about the court, uh, the way it's handled itself? Well, some people are like, they kind of painted themselves into a corner here, and they're not quite understanding. Well, you know, with the I'll present us a plan. Well, you can't present a plan. You, the plan is the legislation. Right. Well, and, and I can understand the frustration on mm-hmm. part, and it's all branches of government yes. about which is, you know, the state of uh, Washington is held in contempt. Well, again, just what I say, no single group or person can get this done. Mm-hmm. It takes two branches of government. Mm-hmm. It takes two different political parties, two chambers. It's not easy just because the court deems it so. Right. And so that's one of the things that, you know, we don't know what will happen. Like, do they ever... What happens if there's a plan on the table that would 
fulfill what they want, but it doesn't pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can't mm. pass a law. The court exactly. can't pass a law. Yeah, what's the ultimate? You know, now, now they've said they could do things, uh, you know, the, the plaintiff's counsel have said things you could um, uh, eliminate every single tax break, yeah. which then would, you know, raise billions of dollars in revenue. Yeah. So the, the court could invalidate all those tax breaks. Would the legislature then appropriate all that money to education? Don't you think can't so. make them. As Wendy Houston would account. say, hell to the no. I, yeah, I don't know. And so, you know, but look, I uh, uh, respect the court's role. I think the court is right to, to push for something to happen. Right. And I don't like that there are some people who have said, you know, the, the court's overstepped and so we should restrict them in some way. I think the three branches of government have worked pretty well in America and in Washington State. And any problem we have today should not be solved by re-engineering the balance of power. Mm, yeah, right? No, I think we're about to see that at the federal level. So yeah. I think that it's a cautionary tale that we should stick with what we have. So what you're telling me is you don't want to make America great again. <laughs> All right. That's what you think. I think America is great right now. There you go. <laughs> um, I just got to play devil's advocate. I have to ask about charter schools, though. Where How do charter schools fit into this whole plan? I don't know that they do other than they will continue like they are. Uh, I've not heard much discussion. I've actually heard some people, including charter advocates, say we think that's a settled issue. Mm -hmm. um, well, and there's a new chief justice. Right? Right. But uh, Justice Matt is still in the court. She's still in the court, but she yeah. was uh, particular. The new chief justice, whose name I can't remember. Okay, I'm three quarters away through my beard. You, you um, should know this. I do know, but I'm blanking, so give me a second. Hey, Chief of Staff does something. I know. All right, know. this is all on tape. Don't worry. Justice Fairhurst? Yes. Thank you. Okay. But she was the one who Mary. object. I, am I right? Maybe I'm making, I could be making this up. Fake news. Fake news <laughs> alert. She objected quite strenuously to that, the charter schools ruling. Where they were like, no, it's yeah. not legal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh. And now they got a new chief. I justice. mean, there's a case, you know, who knows what will happen, but it's not, it, there's no modification of charter schools in the governor's education plan, and I've not heard much appetite from lawmakers to change that, one way or the other. Yeah. I'm hoping we're moving on. I and rather so. than dealing with a thousand kids, we'll deal with a million now. Right. Yeah, kicking them out of school. They seem the to timing like was terrible. They seem to like their schools just fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was pretty compelling testimony. And you know? I thought it was important to not kick people out of school. Mm -hmm. At the beginning the of the school year? Yeah, yeah it was probably a wise choice. So, mm -hmm. so we got the Cleary and we're, uh, oh yeah, we're an hour and six minutes. What else do we have? Well, there's mental health. <laughs> mental health. That has to be done, that right? Because that's that a too. court we, thing, too. That is that's a not court. just like out of the blue. That's a court That's thing. exactly right. And it's, uh, uh, and it's the right it's thing. It's a moral It's the issue. absolute right thing. It is a moral thing. You know, and uh, uh, we have this hospital, Western State Hospital, is a mechanism. You know, most oh, yeah. states in America don't have giant psychiatric hospitals anymore. Yeah, it's the not, institutional stuff is in the past. That's yeah, the past. and so we need to move away from that, and 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 we're trying to do that with this budget, but it's expensive. You know. Oh, yeah. uh, We've had a hard time getting people to work at the institution. Uh, we, right. we did raise uh, nurses' uh, uh, pay there, and that's helped some. We're getting people in the door. 
they're making great improvements, but it is a tough system. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to have the beds, though. The nurse, you can't pay people right. enough to do what they're being asked to do. And the I demand represent increases. the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> the demand increases the as well. I mean, we all know people who suffer from mental illness mm -hmm. and, and uh, the impact of drugs. And, you know, our prison system is the number one mental health provider. Right. You know, this yeah. is all wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and there, I think, is really strong bipartisan yeah. agreement on this. They don't necessarily agree with our approach 100%. But th I think there will be marked improvement and progress on mental health just because of that. there are mm -hmm. people on both sides of the aisle who get it and who want to see something change. So. I, and it's, it really isn't a partisan issue. Yeah. You hear stories from both sides of the aisle of, of people who, who, legislators, who I really appreciate their honesty and, and their willingness to come forward and talk about their own struggles mm -hmm. or struggles with family members. And I, I, that's, this is one of the areas where I do believe that politics plays no role, that people just want to do the right thing yep. at, at, and without scoring points. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, get a solution. I mean, it's a crisis. Yeah, you know, it really you know. is. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we'll have to have you back. Anytime. No session. You got nothing. You'll have yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. Well, you come around because you March. know I'll just. Yeah, we should do it in the governor's office. You can do that. The belly of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite how I view the governor's office. Can we bring office, some beers? But, you know, I uh, bring some martini office. shakers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do. You're the chief of staff. You can be like, yeah, we're drinking it. It's yeah. 11 we're, in the morning. We're day drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not big in the day drinking around there. <laughs> it's not like the Mad Men days. No, no, it's not. It's Hardly not ever see anybody, you know, drinking during the day. Yeah. <laughs> None That's of the governors I've ever known has, were seem like big partiers. Well, at least Locke, not. Locke, not no. a big partier. Gregoire, no. 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 Inslee. Inslee, no. No. These were all sort of one beer people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The Maybe days of the Irish machine are over, I guess. Gone. I'm Irish. I can oh. say it. Are you kidding me? They're my people. Um, yeah, we uh, we'll have some uh, refreshments on inaugural night. Are you coming? Uh, no oh, I'm way. Going. Yeah, I'm actually okay. going. No, you're not going. It's no. my first okay. time at the. I have a, a fancy dress I got for my niece's wedding. Oh, great. Okay. Um, we'll come by. Yeah. Oh, in your office. We'll send oh, yeah, you an you invite. party in all the offices. Oh, it's okay. Quite, I assume we're getting now. an invitation. Now thousands of podcast <laughs> listeners are going to be lining up Tens to get in listeners to see, see the chief be. of staff office. Yes, exactly. I'm still not coming, but okay. have spot. fun. Well, we live in Olympia. We'll send so. you right. a picture. Yeah, post a picture. Yes. We'll do a Facebook Mary's Live. Mary's on Facebook. Yeah. We'll do, maybe we'll do a Snapchat. Oh, exciting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I appreciate uh, talking to you guys. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you two can be friends, then, you know, we There's should be hope. able to get stuff done, right? You know? We're making exactly. America great again. That's Absolutely. Right. There's One a podcast out of it. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm glad I could do my part. Exactly. Thanks right, well, for coming up. Oh, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. And uh, how many more weeks till sessions start? When does, What day does it start? Oh, it's the two ninth? weeks. Two weeks. The 9th of January? I think the 9th. Is that Monday? Yeah. Oh, man. And, then, and then Wednesday is the second novel. Gotcha. 
Is there a State of the Union or the State of the State speech? Well, you could do a State of the State and inaugural. We're Make just it doing, shorter this uh, year. We're just doing an inaugural address. Uh, he does it in the in the rotunda. No, oh, he's going to be in the chambers. Oh. In the chambers. Yeah. Okay. Make, Make it, it shorter. shorter. Yeah. Uh, and that goes for everybody. I'm hoping Trump gets rid of the the poet. You know, well, Jack, you can only speak in 140 characters at a time. So he started that poetry thing. I think they should get rid of that. That's on, that's not for you. Okay. That's for the national right. stage. Okay. If uh, Reince Priebus is listening, get rid of the poetry. <laughs> for Spicer, is that his name? Yeah. No, Spicer's the communications right. director. So yeah, oh yeah, get rid of the or Reince. Yeah. Get rid of the poems. Yeah. All right. Don't do it. Just make it short. I think all those speeches should be like 20 minutes or less. If you've got I think additional 20 stuff, minutes is. Well, Just too long. Hand them, hand, put Talking a thing points. up on. Yeah. I will take this uh, advice sh- back to the governor and tell him. Great. Mary and Randy both say, keep short. it short. Keep it short. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe he, just, maybe he could just live tweet. Don't, like, don't even speak. Or snap. Just like. Interpretive dance is also oh, a good we'll thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could yeah. do that. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Remember, we're on iTunes. I keep forgetting to say subscribe and give us five-star reviews. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. We're also on TuneIn and Stitcher. So thank you, Mr. Postman. Huh? Thank you. Oh, thank you. What, is your hearing gone bad? Yeah, all of a sudden the, the bar is loud. <laughs> it's gotten loud. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. the bar, when we started, it was a quiet bar. Yeah, yeah that, I know what to get you for next Christmas, a hearing aid. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Sure mm-hmm. care covers it. Yes, exactly. Well, unless Trump gives... Well, he'll have something better for you. Better, even better than your current health care coverage. Okay, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> All right, thank you, Randy. My pleasure. Thank Happy you. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. I'm going over to Randy's house. I've never yes. been to a Hanukkah party before. Really? Great. Saturday night, last night of Hanukkah. Latkes nice. galore. Oh, oh, I love latkes. Menorah nice. is ablaze. Oh, All nice. right. All right, making America great again. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not really. We have to stop saying that. I will. Okay, I just love seeing the looks on your guys' faces when I say it. That's my meaning. All right, thank you, listeners, and happy new year, and we'll talk to you soon.